if I so I don't forget I want to thank you so much for coming to men's prayer amen and being faithful to the house of God and to the things of God and truly our God is an awesome God and he's great and he's greatly to be praised and you know I can't express enough appreciation for men who commit themselves to the things of God the Lord said in Ezekiel 22:30 he says I sought for a man among them to stand in the gap to mend the hedges but I found none but I want to tell you I I think I I'm with a few of you <laughs> that's willing to stand in the gap and I think through men's prayer it draws us to those things that God desires of us to become and there's ever been a time that the world needs godly men it is today we we need to be men that stand firm to stand on the solid foundation of God and on his word and on his truth for our families our homes our communities and if I said it a time and a time and again so goes the man so goes the church so goes the home so goes the school so goes the community so goes the nation you know and the and the world is trying to uh degrade men and to push men lower and lower and uh make men something that God did not intend them to be you know and things of that nature and so we we have to stand firm Paul tell us this know also in the last days that perilous times are going to come and we're heading to those times and so you know we have to to be able to to be alert even Jesus in his teachings uh, when the disciples began to ask him who should be the greatest in the kingdom of God and one of the things Jesus immediately brings out there in, in Luke chapter 18 verse 1 he he tells them that offenses will come and that word offense means you know from the Greek standpoint it means a trap stick and I don't know if you know what a trap stick is if you got a trap it's got a little little handle on it that they put in they put to hold the trap open so that when the when the animal or whatever starts eating the the bread or whatever is on the trap it that little stick will move and then the trap comes in and kills them it's kind of like a snare so jesus says snares and traps and and they lead people into sin and all these things are going to come he says it's going to come so we have to be aware of these things so that we stay alert so that we stay alert to our surroundings stay alert to to the the enemy of our souls so that we don't get trapped up into the things of this world in these last days and a lot of men are falling because they're not alert the word is a lamp unto our feet and is a light unto our pathways and we have to stay rooted and grounded in god's word amen we have to prepare ourselves daily we have to seek the lord why he may be found isaiah 55 tell us and call upon him why he is near uh, i'm a firm believer that the things as paul says that was written before was written for our learning that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures will find hope we got to study the word of god it, those stories and everything there is for our example 
as New Testament Christians so that we don't make the same mistakes and, and go down that same wrong pathway. But it seems like so many men are heading down the wrong pathway today. Men are falling away. They're they're giving up, you know. And Paul told us this, no so in the last days, that men would fall away, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. So we have to be aware of these things, amen. And, and I think as long as we continue to keep our prayer focus, keep ourselves in prayer, keep our relationship with God, worshiping God, serving God with a pure heart and a pure mind, we can get to that point to where he wants us to be, and that's to be with him forever and ever more. Amen. Praise God. So today I want to talk about us uh, this morning from this thought, amen, the, the wisdom of the creatures for the man of God. The wisdom of the creatures for the man of God. The wisdom of the creatures for the man of God or the godly man. The wisdom of the creatures. I'm coming from Proverbs chapter 30. If you have your Bibles, Proverbs chapter 30, verse 24 through 28. Proverbs chapter 30. And you hear me say this over and over. The book of Proverbs is a book of wisdom for, to me, the man. <laughs> it is filled and overflows with with the things for a man. Proverbs chapter 30, verse 24 through verse 28. You know, sometimes in your studying, if you just walk that whole 30 chapter there, you know, Solomon, he brings out a whole lot of stuff in there that's too wonderful for him that he can't understand, you know. Uh, and so it's really, really I, I just love Proverbs, I tell you that, you know, all my life, I, since I've been saved, I, I, I read it every day, you know, like the day is the first, and if you, you just start reading the first chapter, man, it's like, boom, <laughs> a wake-up call, <laughs> amen. So, Proverbs chapter 30, verse 24 to 28, there are before things which are little upon the earth, but they are exceeding wise. The ants are a people not strong, yet they prepare their meat in the summer. The coonies are but a feeble flock, yet make there their houses in the rocks. The locusts have no king, yet go they forth all of them by bands. The spider take hold with her hands and is in king's palaces." Amen. Father, we love you this morning. Again, we thank you for your grace, your love, your presence. Sweet Holy Spirit, sweet Heavenly Dove, stay with us. Teach us thy way, O Lord, again this morning, O God. Give us understanding of thy word, O Lord. And we will exalt you and we will praise you and, and magnify your name. In Jesus' name, amen. The wisdom of the creatures for the godly man uh, this morning. Amen. As you see here, Solomon 
uh, gives us four things of creature, uh, and he talks about these four things, and he begins to share with us about them and something about each one of these four things. He says that they're little upon the earth, but they are exceeding wise and his whole book is about wisdom and if you notice uh, Solomon was known as the most wisest man in the earth and that it would never be another one like him and I believe that Solomon felt the need to share some of the wisdom and the things that God had imparted to him to share with us as, as this day amen and so his design I think is to realize to help us with the wisdom so that we do not destroy ourselves and that we have an understanding of how to live according to what God has designed for us to do. He seems to show us things to try to help us to prevent us from tripping up and falling, uh, that we will not be drawn away by every diver's winds and doctrine and lusts uh, that can destroy us. Amen. And so he desires to help us to be firm and steadfast and unmovable in wisdom and knowledge. Amen. He's constantly telling us to get wisdom in all of our getting to get an understanding, uh, to exalt it and to keep us. He talks about putting it around our necks and to realize the value of what we have found. Amen. He tells us in the 8th chapter of Proverbs that wisdom and riches and honor and all of his fruits and how good all of his fruits are and and everything that comes and flows out of wisdom from the moment that Solomon is placed on the kingship you notice if you began to read when Solomon comes the first thing he prays you know is the God is that he would have the wisdom to be able to lead God's people and I believe that this must be for every man well, we need to pray, you know, that God would give us the wisdom how to lead his people and lead our homes and lead our children and lead our families. And this is part of the things that I bring about when I'm in marriage counseling with young men and women before they ever get married. I try to get them to understand they need to have wisdom of, of each other. They need to understand the wisdom that they need to be able to have a family and to understand to bring that family up right in the right ways of God. Amen. Because if we don't have the wisdom of God, we can make wrong choices and wrong decisions that can lead us down the wrong path. Uh, like the Apostle Paul, Paul tells us that nevertheless in Second Timothy chapter 2 verse 19, he says, nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal, the Lord knoweth them that are his, and let every one that named the name of the Lord depart from iniquity. Amen. And this, if you notice, Paul, is, is in this comment here, he's trying to get us, look, you're born again. You're a new creature now. You can't continue to go down that same old pathway that you went down before. You're new. You need to change and you need to turn around. In the book of Ephesians chapter 5, he tells us to be what? Therefore, followers of God as dear children and walk in love as he has loved us. But fornication and idolatry and all these things, don't ever let it be once named amongst you as becoming a saint of God. So we have to realize the value that wisdom is designed to keep us from the traps and the snares of the enemy to be able to reflect God in the earth. 
Paul goes on and tells Timothy, as I was just quoting a few minutes ago, he says, this know also that in the last days perilous times are going to come. There's danger. It's real a whole lot of danger. And if they can destroy the man, if he can get the man out of the way, the enemy knows the woman is the weaker vessel and he's not going to have any trouble destroying women. Amen. But if a man is not steadfast in the last days, dangerous times, for men shall be lovers of their own selves. They will be covetous. Paul told the church at Rome in Romans 7, 7, he said, I did not know that sin, uh, that, uh, that uh, lust was a sin until I had read in the law, thou should not covet it. Amen. Men are breaking their covenants uh, with God. They, they want other things. Amen. They're covetous. They, they're going after things and, and not after God. They're boasters. If you follow the meter, look how boastful everybody seems to be in the world today. They're bragging about who they are and what they are and what they should have and all these things. They're proud. They're blasphemers. They're disobedient to parents. And they're unthankful. I've never seen such a a bunch of unthankful people in my life. You know, uh, you owe me. Everything is is about me, 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 me. You know, you think they were making a song, you know, as a music teacher. Have them say, me, 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 me. Amen. So they're unthankful and they're unholy. They're without natural affection. In other words, they're unsociable these days. They're inhumane. They're unloving. Amen. As, as we see that is taking place, there's truce breakers and they're false accusers and they're incontinent. They're forests and their despisers are those that are good and they're traitors and they're heady. And they're high miners, they're lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. They're having a form of godliness, but they deny the power thereof. And he said, from such turn away, for of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with sin, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. He goes on here, he says, as James and Jambres withstood Moses so though these also resist the truth men of corrupt minds reprobates concerning the faith now you know who Janus and Jambres was James and Jambres was the was the witch uh, seers that stood before Moses uh, before Pharaoh uh, to cast their sticks and everything else uh, before them he says they didn't proceed and these should not ain't going to proceed either so it, we need to resist. They resist in the truth. Their minds are corrupt. Uh, people have no clue what they're doing. Half of them don't realize the danger that they're facing. And because such things is happening in the last day, Solomon felt that he needed in Proverbs 4 uh, to bring some understanding. Uh, Proverbs 4, 1 through 9, Solomon says, Hear ye, children, the instruction of a father and attend to no understanding. For I give you good doctrine, forsake ye not my law. For I was my father's son, tender and only beloved in the sight of my mother. He taught me also and said unto me, Let thine heart retain my words, keep my commandments, and live. Get wisdom. Get understanding. 
Forget it not, neither decline from the words of my mouth. Forsake her not, and she shall preserve thee. Love her, and she shall keep thee. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom, and with all thy getting, get understanding. Exalt her, and she shall promote thee. She shall bring thee to honor when thou hast embraced her. She shall give to thine head an ornament of grace and a crown of glory shall she deliver to thee. So because we can see based on these scriptures that we've just gone through here, there's going to be a danger time coming. And so Solomon says, hear you children, the instructions of a father. In other words, listen to what God is trying to tell us. Listen to what God is trying to show us. And listen to what the mother, the church, is trying to teach us. We've got to have wisdom. It's the principal thing. If not, the offenses or the traps are going to be there, and you're not going to be able to see them, and you're going to fall into the snares of the devil, and he's going to take you captive at his will. So we need to be aware of this as men. Now is not time for men to fall. Now it's time for men to be strong. Amen. So Solomon begins here to share with us. And the first creature he brings out, he says, is the ants. The ants are a people not strong. Notice he relates them to people. They're not strong, yet they prepare their meat in the summer. In other words, the ant is trying to, he's using the ants to show you and I that we need to have some forethought. We need to prepare in advance. We don't need to wait for what's going to come. We already been told what's going to happen. He's already told us that in the last days, perilous times are going to come. Amen. Dangers and snares and traps and all these things are going to come. So we need to have some forethought about preparation as men of God for what's coming. Amen. I've got to, as Paul says, get on the whole armor of God so that I'm able to stand against the wiles of the devil. His coming. So I'll be a fool not to have some forethoughts and start preparing to get my loins girded about with the truth. I need to have as much word hidden in me as I can. I need to have my life surrounded by the word of God because that will show me what is coming and what I can uh, make sure that I won't make wrong choices or wrong decisions. I've got to get righteousness. There, I've got to begin now to prepare myself for to do right. When everybody else start doing wrong, I've got to be rooted in my mind that I'm going to do right no matter who goes wrong and go to the wrong way. I still have to stand firm and I have to still stand steadfast in the truth of God's word. I still got to learn how to walk in peace. I've still got to have my feet shod with the preparation. I've got to have my faith solid. Uh, I've got to build myself up, as Jude says, on my most holy faith. I've got to keep praying and the Holy Ghost. I've, I've got to have faith that when dangers and things start to come and everybody is going the wrong way and everybody is falling away, I have to be able to have the faith in God that, I, as Paul says, I know in whom I have believed and I'm persuaded that he's able to keep that which I commit to him against that day. 
but the dangers are going to come. And so, therefore, I've got to have some forethoughts and I've got to get my helmet of salvation solid. I've got to know in whom I have believed. I've got to realize uh, uh, and hold firm to this message of, of Acts 2.38, the repentance, the water baptism, and the infilling of the Holy Ghost. I've got to stay solid on what got me saved. Their, their false doctrines are going to come and things are going to try to pull you away to say those things are not important. Those things are not right. So, But you and I know that this is truth. And so therefore, my mind, I've, I, I can't let them play on my mind. The enemy of the soul, if you start and look, is, he's playing on people's minds. He's trying to make people depressed and oppressed. And he's messing with their minds and trying to say you don't have to do that to be saved. You don't have to, to go to church to be saved. You don't have to do all these things. He's playing on people's minds. And if you go to the hospitals, they got a, a mental ward because so many people are, are losing their minds. People, you hear them all the time. I think I'm going out of my mind. You know, there was a, a song that was written back in the 60s. You know, my mind is going through these changes. You know, it, because people's minds are being altered. Uh, you know, when men start thinking they're women and women start thinking they're men, they're messing with their minds. The, the education system is messing with their minds. They're, they're telling the children, you can be whatever you want. You can do whatever you want. Uh, you don't have to listen to your parents. You don't have to listen to what people are saying. You don't have to listen to the church. They're messing with their minds. They're, they're not telling them and showing them the truth of the matter. And so we have to have some forethought, brothers and sisters, that this is coming. And so we have to, when we have our children and grandchildren around us, we've got to teach them truth so that their minds are not messed up. So we have to give some forethought to, to preparation. We've got to get this word deep down inside of us. Job gave some forethought. If you look at Job's life, Job gave some forethought to, to things. If you look at Job 1, amen, it, it says in Job 1, chapter 4, verse 5 says, And his sons went and feasted in their houses, every one his day, and sent and called for their three sisters to eat, to drink with them. And it was so, when the days of their feasting was gone about, that Job sent and sanctified them, and rose up early in the morning, and offered burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, It may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus Job did what? Continually. Continually. He sacrificed on behalf of his family. He got up early. He, he got a hold of God. He had to, to keep preparing. He, he gave forethought. Here, notice how the forethought, he says, maybe my kids are sinning against God, so I need to get a hold of God uh, on behalf of them. I've got to, to get a hold of him. And, and, and this is why, if you notice, he goes on in the third chapter and, and the 25th and 26th verse, when Job loses everything, he comes out with this thought. He says, for the things which I greatly feared is come upon me. And that which I was afraid of is coming to me. I was not in safety, 
neither had I rest, neither was I quiet, and yet trouble came. He knew about it. He heard about it, that it was going to come. And so what did he do? He gave forethought. Job had already thought, what would happen if I lose everything? We need to think about this. What would happen if you lost everything? Amen. If God all of a sudden took everything from you right now, what would you do? What forethought have you given, amen, to these things? If your health fell, what forethought? You know, if you die, what forethought? A lot of people die and they don't have, haven't told their families anything what they desire as far as funerals or who get what. You know, these things we must have forethought. If you want to see a family, I've seen families break apart because people don't give any forethought to dying in advance. And they want to pull you in the middle as a pastor to try to make decisions. I'm sorry, I can't do that. You know, you, you have to give some forethought. Make a, make a plan. You know, share it with your family. You know, so that they know. Give forethought to what's happening and what's coming. We know we're going to die. So get some forethought. Make a will. Make make out who gets what so that there's no arguing and division in the family. So Job knew that something could happen because he had heard it about other people. And so as a result of this, Job gave forethoughts and Job starts sacrificing continually for himself and for his family daily. So this given this forethought, Joseph, from the time that they pulled Joseph out of prison and Pharaoh gives him his dream, Joseph tell him that it's a two-part dream. He says there's going to be seven years of plenty and there's going to be seven years of famine. You know, they gave forethoughts. And so Joseph gives him what he needs to do. You take a fifth part of everything that comes in now to prepare for the famine seven years that's going to come later. And you see what happened. But by forethought, it was able to have food for everybody else. We need to give some forethought to these things. We know that it's going to happen. So Solomon says, go to the ant and consider him and look at them. He says, they prepare their meat in the summer because they know winter is coming. They're laying up things, amen, for that time. The Lord says to Haggai in the book of Haggai chapter 1, verse 2 to 12, he says, Dove said the Lord of hosts, saying, This people say the time is not come, the time that the house, Lord's house, should be built. Then came the word of the Lord by Haggai. The prophet said, Is it time for you, O you, to dwell in sealed houses? And this house lay waste. Now therefore, thus saith the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Notice, God says, consider your ways. You know, the house of God is laying waste. He says, consider your ways. You have sown much. Watch this. You have sown much, and you're bringing in little. You eat, but you have not enough. You drink, but you're not filled with drink. You clothe you. But there is none warm. And he that earneth wages, earneth wages to put them in a bag with holes. So God says, consider your ways. Give some forethought. 
to what you're doing. You try to tell men they need to be in church. They need to study. They need to lead their family. And it's not like they're giving any forethought. The Word of God is designed to make you think, to prepare in advance. And then when the bottoms fall out, then they want you to fix the problem. I'm sorry, I can't do it. You've got to give forethought to these things. If your children are not realizing the value of the house of God at an early stage, don't think you're going to change them when they become teenagers. It doesn't happen that way. We've got to consider Give some thought to the house of God is what God is trying to say here. You know, consider the house. It's time to build the house. You are the temple of the Holy Ghost. You're not your own. See, you got to give consideration to this temple, this house. You've got to build this. You know things are going to happen. You know things are going to come. Amen. Evil times are going to come. And only the strong, as Paul says, anything that can be shaken will be shaken. So therefore, as a man of God, we have got to get solid. We have got to build this house. We have got to get on this firm foundation of Jesus Christ. Amen. And stand strong and firm and keep adding to ourselves virtue and to virtue knowledge and to knowledge temperance and temperance patience and patience godliness and godliness brotherly kindness and brotherly kindness charity we build this thing amen we got to build it up so we have to consider the ant consider the ant forethought we hear the story in matthew 25 about the five foolish virgins and the five wise virgins what was the difference the five wise gave forethought. They took extra oil. The five foolish gave no forethought. They didn't take any. And when they needed it, they didn't have it. When the bridegroom called, came, go out to meet the bridegroom, they rose up and their lamps had gone out because they didn't give any forethought to need extra oil to take with them. They just thought, oh, well, what I got is enough. A lot of people think what they got is enough. Amen. But what if you lose? What if it's wasted away? Oh, what a little oil difference the oil makes here. What a little difference the power of the Holy Ghost will make here. We need the Holy Ghost to get into the kingdom of God. And when Jesus comes back, he says in Romans 8 9, If any man have not the Spirit of God, he's none of his. I need to be overflowing with the oil. Amen. The Holy Ghost needs to be in me. I need to give preparation. I think Jude is in. Keep yourself in the love of God. You know, feel, stay full of the Holy Ghost. Every day, get a hold of God. Let it overflow in you so that you be strong. Give forethought to this thing. And that's what the ants, ants does. Isaiah says, seek ye the Lord why he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thought. And let him return unto the Lord and he will abundantly pardon. Amen. For his ways is not our ways and his thoughts are not our thoughts. We need to seek the Lord continually, daily. That's what Job did. 
He did it continually, daily. Our prayers, daily. Studying the Word of God, daily devotion, daily. Amen. Because we already know dangerous times are coming. Things are going to happen. Forethought, forethought. That's what the ants is all about. Forethought to prepare us. How much forethought have you given? Amen. Are you sure you're ready? When's the last time you've considered eternity lately? We know it's coming. Amen. And none of us know when. Be you ready. Forethought. 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 That's what the ants. It says, man, it's going to be cold here in a few months. Picnics is going on in the summer. Man, let's go get some bread. Let's get some hot dogs. Let's let's get some rib bones and, and stuff and bring into this into this hole. You know, you know. If you ever watch ants, man, I mean, they're working. They're diligent. They're they're giving forethought because they know it's going to get cold. And you you ever see any ants out on the winter time looking for food? No way. They are out there doing. Because see, an ant comes out in the wintertime, he knows everything else out there looking for food is going to get him. See? So he's going to be in his hole, laying back in his man cave. (laughs) He's going to be chilling, watching the Packers play. (laughs) Eating on a rib bone that you guys throw down later. (laughs) Forethought. Think about it. Number two. He says the coonies. The coonies are a feeble flock, yet make their houses in the rocks. You know, when I was in Israel, I, I got to see these things. And, you know, they look almost like a groundhog. They're, they're like a almost a little rock. Some people call them rock badgers. They, some, they're kind of, kind of fluffy looking. They're pretty good sized little creatures. You know, and they make their homes, he says, in the rock. Amen. So the wisdom here that Solomon is saying is, look, it comes about protection. See, the Kuni is designed to show us protection, building something around you solid. See, we're built on the foundation, Paul says in Galatians, uh, Ephesians 2, 20, 21. We're built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. Jesus Christ is the chief cornerstone, in whom all the building fit framely together and grow up unto a holy temple in the Lord. So we have to have something solid around us. This is why we are called to put it on the whole armor of God. See, notice it's called the armor of God. It's not called the armor of man. It's called the armor of God. See, so we got to get inside when we're baptized in Jesus' name. Notice, we're putting on Christ. See, so like the Coonies build their homes inside of the rock, we've got to build our lives and homes inside of Jesus Christ. He is the rock. David says in Psalms 18.31, For who is God? Save the Lord. Or who is a rock? Save our God. Notice, who is God save the Lord and who's a rock save our God? He would go on and say in Psalms 27, the Lord is my light and my salvation. 
Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. And whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes, come upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumble and they fall. Though a host encamp against me, and this I will not fear. Though war rise against me, and this I will be confident. One thing have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after, that I may dwell where? In the house of the Lord. All the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble, he will hide me in his pavilion. Psalms 27. In his pavilion and the secret places of his tabernacle. He shall set me on what? A rock. And my head will be lifted high about mine enemies. Therefore, what I offer in his sanctuary... The sacrifices of joy, I was sing. Yeah, I was sing praises unto the Lord, the rock. Amen. So Jesus is the rock. Amen. He's the firm foundations. He's the chief cornerstone. Amen. The name of the Lord, Proverbs 18.10. The name of the Lord is what? A strong tower. The righteous runneth into it and is safe. See, that Cooney, he can run into that rock when the eagles or whatever is trying to come after him and hide inside of there. It's the same concept that Solomon is saying is, look, Jesus is your protection. When things are coming, you need to be able to run into him. You need to know him so you get inside of that rock. Paul told the church at Corinth and Corinthians chapter 10, he says, I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, how all our fathers was under the flood and under the cloud and passed through the rivers uh, and was baptized by Moses in the cloud and the sea. And they all had the same spiritual meat and they all had the same spiritual drink because they drank from that rock that followed them and that rock was Christ. Amen. First Corinthians chapter 10. See, so he is that solid rock that we get into. He's our protection. Jesus stood on the outside of Jerusalem. He says, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how I had longed to put my arms around you as a mother hen does her chicks, but you would not left me. Therefore, you are left desolate. David says in Psalms 91, he that what? dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadows of the Almighty. And I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge, my fortress, my God in whom I will trust. Surely He will deliver me from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. He will cover me with His feathers and under His wing I shall trust. His truth shall be my shield and my buckler. I will not be afraid of the terror by night, nor the arrow that fly by day, nor the pestilence that walk in darkness, nor the destruction that waste at noonday. A thousand shall fall at my side and ten thousand at my right hand, but it not come nigh me. Only with your own eyes shall you behold and see the reward of the wicked. Amen. Because you have put your trust in the Lord. Amen. There shall no evil befall thee, neither shall the plague come nigh your dwelling. Why? Because he will give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy way. They will bear thee up in their hands, lest you dash your foot against a stone. Amen. The protection here of Almighty God. The storm is life is going to come. The dangers are going to come. 
but you need to know where to run. David says, I was glad when they said to me, let's go to the house of the Lord. There's always refuge in his presence. is fullness of joy. And at his right hand, there is pleasure forevermore. The Lord says, nobody can pluck you out of my hand. Amen. He is our protection. He is our safety. Amen. And we need to stay safe in him. All state says, and they're in short ad, you're in good hands with all state. But what does the Lord says? Nobody can take you out of my hand. Amen. You need to realize that. Amen. Met life says, get met. It pays. You know? But what did Jesus say? I have laid up for you a crown of righteous, whom the righteous judge will give to you. And not only to you, but all those that long for my appearance. Kemper says, call out the Calvary. Jesus says, I am the Calvary. (laughs) Call upon me in the time of trouble, and I will hear you and deliver you, and you will glorify my name. Amen. Liberty Mutual say, we got you covered. Amen. Jesus always had you covered. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. Amen. Prudential says, get a piece of the rock. <laughs> Jesus said, oh, no, I am the solid rock. And on him you can stand. Amen. Because when we get Jesus, we have all the covering and one policy. We have all the covering. Amen. And one line. Amen. When we put our name on the line. Amen. He puts his name on us. And therefore we are protected Therefore, we are covered by the blood of Jesus Christ, and no man can pluck us out of his hand. Praise God. Are you a coony? (laughs) Get in the rock. Amen. Get inside of the rock. Stay in the rock. Amen. If Paul is saying to the church at Corinth, he says, if you've been baptized with Christ, Seek those things that are above. Don't go back out into that world. Amen. Because that's where people get destroyed. We have to stand firm in the things of God. The third creature that Solomon talked to us about is the locusts. He said the locusts, they have no king, yet they go forth, all of them, by band. Notice, unity. It's the display to us unity here we have to walk in unity towards them that are without paul says in ephesians 4 1 through 6 i therefore the prisoner of the lord beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called with all lowliness and meekness with long suffering forbearing one another in love endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace there is one body, one spirit, even as your calling, one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who's above all and through all and in y'all. Amen. Notice, one unity, unity, that locusts goes forth in bands. They're strong in strength. They're strength and numbers. 
This is why Solomon goes on in Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, the one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him that is alone when he falleth, for he hath not another to help him up. Again, if two lie together, then they have heat. But how can one be warm alone? And if one prevail against him, two shall withstand him. And a threefold cord is not easily broken or quickly broken. You see, the unity here is they go in band. And so we have to be in unity in the body of Christ. If I'm building and protected in Christ, then the family of God has got to operate in unity. Amen. We have to be unselfish. We have to not think more highly of ourselves than we ought to think more highly of ourselves. we got to have involvement in the kingdom of God. We've got to consider our ways and we've got to build the house of God. We've got to get involved in the things of God. We've got to learn how to trust uh, others and to do our part in the kingdom of God. And we should not yield to temptation, but we must be yoked up with God in everything that we do. Amen. The locusts, they go forth in bands. Amen. They accomplish things. Paul, right into the church of the Hebrews, said in the sixth chapter, in the ninth verse, But, beloved, we are persuaded of better things of you and things that accompany salvation, though we have speak. For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love which you have shown towards his name and that you've ministered to the saints and do minister. And we desire that every one of you to show the same diligence to the full assurance of the hope unto the end. In other words, we've got to stay united. We've got to be strong together. That's why if you look at old time war, they was all united together. They put them in a, a big formation to keep them united. And if you notice, every time they start fighting and somebody wanted to drop back, what did they do? They tried to push them back in there. Stay together. Stay together. You guys was in the military. You know when you was in formation and walking in parade, they would always say, look to your right, look to your left. Stay, stay aligned. Stay in formation. You know, stay united. Stay in the group. You know, because the fact of the matter is, if you break unity or you break ranks, the enemy wins. We see the fear. But as long as you stay together, amen, it causes you to be strong. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. We was told to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Unite. And notice they went everywhere preaching, the Lord working with them. Their labors together. Amen. We got to all continue to stay united together. In the last days, the enemy is going to try to divide. He's going to try to destroy the church. So you've got to stay united together. Paul told the church, he says, we're labors together with God. See? And so therefore... Be together. There's one Lord. There's one faith. There's one baptism. There's one God and Father of all, who's above all and through all and in you all. Unite. 
Amen. Stay together. That's what he said in 2 Corinthians. You know, what fellowship have righteous with unrighteous? That's division. A house divided can't stand. See, we have to stay united together, one with the other. So the locusts shows us the value of having unity in a body of Christ, in our homes, our families, speaking the same thing. You know, as Benjamin Franklin said, he, when they're doing the time of the uh, revolution, he says, if we don't stick together, we're definitely going to hang separately. <laughs> you know, so we need, we need to stay together. And notice they stayed together and took this nation because they stayed together. They was ragtag, but they worked in unity. Just a few men, you know, to show you when you stay in united effort, what can be accomplished. But individually, you fall every time. So let's stand firm. And number four creature that he talks about is the spider. That also Greek word means the lizard or the gecko. The lizard or the gecko. Notice what he's saying. They take hold with their hands. And they're in king's palaces. I don't care how pretty your house is. I don't care where you live. There's a spider getting in there. He's, he's going to be in there. So the spider speaks to persistence and diligence. Amen. Persistence and diligence. We have to be persistent if we're going to get in the king's palace. Amen. He's going to prepare a place for us, John 14. Jesus says, and I will come again and receive you to myself. But we got to keep pressing. Paul says, brethren, oh, that I might know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering, being conformable to his death, that by any means I may obtain unto that which I am also apprehended of. He says, I have not got there yet. He said, but this one thing I do, I forget those things which are behind I reach forth to those things which are before. I'm pressing toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. We got to take a hold of this thing with our hands like the spider. What did Jesus say? No man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. We must be diligent. We must be persistent to get into the king's palace. Amen. We need to, to come in right. We Jesus says we got to come through the door. Amen. But the spider, he doesn't care. He's going to get in there. Amen. And so we want to make sure that we get in right. Amen. He'll keep us there if we get in right. But if we come in some other way, oh, no. Amen. He's going to get us out of there. Praise God. But we want to keep being persistent and diligently to go forth and to accomplish Paul writing to the church of uh, of, of uh, the Acts in chapter, I mean, first, excuse me, he, he writing in 2 Corinthians 11. He says, are they not Hebrews, verse 22, are they not Hebrews, so am I. Are they Israelites, so am I. Are they the seed of Abraham, so am I. Are they ministers of Christ, I speak as a fool, I am more. And labor more abundantly, and stripes above measures. In prison more frequently, and death often of the Jews five times received thy forty stripes, save one. Thrice I was beaten with rods, once I was stoned, 
Thrice I suffered shipwreck. A night and day I have been in the deep, and journeying often, and perils of water, and perils of robbers, and perils by my own countrymen, and perils by the heathen, and perils in the city, and perils in the wilderness, and perils in the sea, and perils among false brethren, and weariness, and painfulness, and watching often, and hunger, and thirst, and fasting often, and cold and nakedness, beside those things that are without that which cometh upon me daily, the cares of all the churches. Who is weak, and I am not weak? Who is offended, and I burn not? Acts 20, 22 through 24. And now, behold, I go bound in the Spirit unto Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall befall me there, save that the Holy Ghost witness in every city, saying that bonds and affliction abide me. But none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry, which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. Amen. He goes on in the fourth chapter of Second Timothy. I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing in his kingdom. Preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exalt with all longsuffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers, having itching ears. And they shall turn their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. But watch thou in all things and do affliction. Do the work of an evangelist. Make full proof of thy ministry. For I am now ready to be offered and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give to me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them that love his appearing. Amen. We've got to be persistent. We've got to hang on. As Ruth told Naomi, and treat me not to leave you. Where you go, I'll go. Where you lodge, I'll lodge. Your people will be my people. Your God will be my God. And where you die, there will I die, and there will I also be buried. We've got to be persistent. Amen. Just like, amen, these, these spiders, they're going to take hold with their hands and be in king's palace. We got to purpose to be in the king's palace. Amen. When Jesus divided the goats from the sheep, Amen. We want to be with the sheep. Amen. We want to hear him say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. We are pressing towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Paul said to Romans 8, 35, who shall separate me from the love of God? Shall tribulations or distress or persecution or nakedness or famine or peril or sword? He says, that is written for thy sake. 
We are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. He said, nay, and all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that love us. For I am persuaded that neither life, nor death, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. We have got to be persistent. We've got to hang on. Amen. We've got to run through a troop. We've got to leap over a wall. Amen. We've got to keep pressing. We've got to have forethought, brothers. We've got to think what's coming down the road and prepare ourselves now. We must give ourselves to forethought. We must give ourselves to protection. Amen. There's no such thing as safe sex. We need to protect ourselves. Amen. Keep ourselves in the love of God. Surround ourselves with the Word of God. It is our protection. Amen. The name of the Lord is a strong tower, and the righteous can run into it and be safe at all times. We've got to be there. Amen. We've got to have that protection of Jesus around us. Stay under his wing. Amen. And under his feathers. Amen. Let him be our protection at all times. Amen. The Lord has got to build this house. Amen. We've got to be like the locusts and stay united together. Be joined to Christ. If you're not going to be joined to anybody else, at least be joined to Jesus Christ. You and him be joined together because you and him will make a majority in any situation, in any circumstance. You hold to God. You stay united to him. There's one Lord, one faith, one baptism. Amen. You're buried with him by baptism. You're in him. So stay connected. Unite your heart and mind and soul with Jesus at all costs. Amen. So stay united with him. And then, amen, as we see, we take hold in persistence to the kingdom and the things of God. As Paul says, the gospel didn't come in word only. It came in power. It came in the Holy Ghost. And it came in much assurance. Amen. We're going to be with him in all things. Amen. When he comes. Amen. I want to take hold because that's where I'm headed. To that city where the Lamb is the light. And that city where there cometh no night. I have a mansion over there. And I'm free from toil and care. I'm going where the Lamb is the light. Praise God. Amen. So through God's creatures, we can learn what we are to be as men of God. Father, we exalt you again. God, we magnify you again. Oh, Lord, we exalt you again today, oh, God. God, I praise you. I thank you, Lord, for your word today, oh, God. Search me, oh, God. Oh, God, give me forethought, oh, God, and all the things, oh, God. Let this word not just be a hearer in my ears, oh, God, but let me be a doer. Let me give forethought and prepare my heart and my mind, oh, God, my life, my family, oh, God, this church, oh, God. Give me forethought, oh, Lord. And those things that we need to do, Lord God, again today. Let us continue, Lord, to preach the undulterated word of God continually for protection over the people of this city and this church, O oh Lord. Protect each and every one, Lord God, their hearts and their minds, Lord. Let us be united in you, Lord. Let us be steadfast and unmovable in you in all things that we do, God. We need to be joined to you, Lord God, continually. 
hold to our hands, O God, as the old songwriter said, hold to God's unchanging hand, building our hopes on things eternal, O God, hold to your unchanging hand, Lord. Bless us, Lord God, that we will hear you say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. We love you, Jesus. We thank you, God. We bless your glorious and precious name for your people, God. In Jesus' name.